Hello, my friends. It's Ryan from the Prolific Creator Podcast. Now, many of you have asked, hey, Ryan, how do I support the show? Well, I finally listened. Starting today, you can subscribe to the Prolific Creator Plus on ACAST Plus for $3 a month. That's less than a cup of coffee. No apps to download and listen wherever you get your podcasts. Get access to the entire archive of Prolific Creator Awesomeness. Over 160 episodes going back to 2017. Yes, that's right, my friends. A plethora of information and inspiration, tips, tricks, and interviews to get your art and work into the world. Remember those ads? Say bye, bye, bye. Wait, there's more. For $5 a month, you can get access to the full prolific creator experience. This includes the full archives, early access to episodes, listener Q&A, book and movie reviews, and interviews not for the public, and perhaps any other awesomeness I might do on the microphone. Sounds awesome, right? Yeah, it does, Ryan. If you want to listen for free, you'll notice the last 50 episodes or so will always be available wherever you listen to podcasts. Remember, by subscribing today, you don't have to download any new apps, and you can simply keep listening on the podcast platform you prefer. Cool. Okay. Cool. Thanks for your love and support in advance. Simply click on the link in the show notes or on my website, and it'll take you where you need to go. Now on to the show. The Prolific Writer Podcast, episode number 107. Mystery and thriller author William Turner comes on the show, and we talk about researching your novels so you don't sound like a doofus, and nobody wants to sound like a doofus. And we talk about a lot of other cool things. So glad that you are here, but first, some intro music. Welcome to the Prolific Writer Podcast, where speed's the name of the game. Follow an indie author and publisher and his guests as they share inspiration, tips, and advice on writing fast, writing often, and writing well. So you can do the same. Here's Ryan. Well, hello, 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 prolific writer nation. So glad that you are here. This is the podcast dedicated to helping you write fast, often, and well, because you have a story to tell. We want to help you get that story out into the world. So glad that you're here. I am your host, Ryan J. Pelton, however you found us. So glad you're here. If it's your first time, this is my podcast, and we are here to help writers get where they need to go and to interview some really cool authors. And today I have a really cool author on the show, William Turner. He's a mystery and thriller writer out of California. And we have a great conversation. And one of the, the topics, as I mentioned at the top of the show, was on the subject of research. And it's it's one of those kind of fine art things. It's one of these kind of art science things where you, you want to do enough research not to sound like a dummy or a doofus, as I said. Uh, but you also don't want to put all of your research in the novel. And so we talk about that. And how much research do you need to do? How, where do you find people to talk to, especially those that are writing? If you're writing kind of crime, mystery type thrillers, you want to make sure you get your details and your facts right. And William has some great insight into those realities. So we will get to that in just a moment. So a couple of things here at the top of the show, as we get rolling, I just want to let you know a, little, a couple of little updates and something really cool that you can get on board with. Uh, one is the course 45 day novel course is very, very close. And to kind of 
pre-launch kick off the 45 day novel course, a, a, a course dedicated to helping you uh, write, edit, market, and publish your book in 45 days or less, even with a day job. I'm going to show you how to do that is I am doing a little challenge. If you wanted to call it a little challenge poo, if you will, uh, we won't call it a challenge poo, but it is a outlining challenge. And I am going to challenge you and challenge me to outline your novel because I, I think uh, you, you don't have to be a big outliner, but I'm going to give you kind of a, a proven way to uh, to outline your books uh, because that's kind of the first step is is that I think once we begin to kind of outline uh, the book we have in our in our head and in our heart, uh, we'll get to that next step of actually writing the book and getting it published and getting it out into the world. And so I'm doing an outline challenge, and you can find information on the website, theprolificwriter.net. I'll put all this in the show notes and you can sign up and it's a five day free challenge. Uh, it's a little training on the, the kind of outlining that I do. And it's a very specific kind of outlining. Uh, it deals with your novel, but it also deals with some other things that I think are really, really important. Um, so we can kind of get out of our own way to actually write our books. And I'd love to share that with you. So if you want to check that out, go to the website, theprolificwriter.net and look for the tab. It should be right on the front page and a couple other pages, uh, the challenge, the outlining challenge. All the information is there. Drop your email and uh, I will send you those videos and that training so that you can get your novel outlined, get some momentum and get you rolling to sharing that book with the world. That's my hope for you. And hopefully it serves you in a million different ways. So. Without further ado, here is my conversation with mystery and thriller writer, William Turner. Well, welcome everyone to the Prolific Writer Podcast. This is your host, Ryan J. Pelton. I'm so excited today to have William Turner on the show. And William is a mystery and thriller writer, a father, a grandfather, and a lot of other good things. And uh, William, why don't you say hello and uh, introduce yourself? Uh, hello, everyone. Uh, I'm William Turner. Uh, I am a Vietnam vet, uh, uh, a retired supervisor with the state of California. And um, I'm a mystery writer. All right. Well, hey, it sounds like you've had a interesting life. And one of the things that I think is so great about writers and authors is those that have lived life, have done different things. It always seems to find its way into their work and their books, especially mystery and thriller writers. And uh, so tell us, William, tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, how did you decide to become a writer, become an author? When did that all happen with all the other things going on in your life? Uh, when I was in college... Um, my freshman year, I had written a paper, and the professor had written across the top of it. It's amazing at the high rate of illiteracy here in the United States. I was devastated. I went running to Brother uh, Newman and Brother Ward at uh, Calvin Memorial High School in uh, West Roxbury, Massachusetts. I said, what is he saying? They looked at the paper, and um, collectively, they stated, what he's telling you is that you don't have style. Completely baffled, I asked, how do I acquire style? 
they thought for a moment and they said, well, why don't you read mysteries? I spent the entire Saturday at Boston's library reading none other than Agatha Christie, uh, looking at the sentence structure and the way she proceeded. When I went to school that Monday, I was prepared. And um, little did I realize, as it was much later, that Agatha Christie had greatly influenced me. That is the beginning of it. Oh, I love that. So, you know, one of the things I hear a lot, too, with writers there, you know, as they're kind of starting out is they don't know where to begin or how to do it. And I, I love your approach that, you know, you opened a book, you kind of studied the structure, studied the words, you know, your uh, I guess your te- was it your teachers were saying, you know, you don't have style or you don't have any, you know, there's nothing there. Um, but what a great, you know, opportunity to research and study. And, and, and so tell us a little bit about, you know, Agatha Christie was kind of where you started. Where, where else did you kind of go to find inspiration and find what were some other kind of influences uh, as you were growing up? It was uh, with uh, being a deputy of uh, Sir Anna, uh, Conan Doyle and Herman Hess. Those uh, writers greatly influenced me. And um, it was in college that I learned the nuances of writing. Everyone with a degree in English will about that they will write the great American novel. Well, there are techniques that you must learn that have to be taught. So many are banking on writing, and uh, an editor will immediately pick it up. Your readers will immediately enjoy it. You must master characterization, uh, dialogue, and when I say character development, people that they read it and they can identify with the characters. Also, setting. You must be accurate in the description of geographical areas. And riveting would be the plot. And that comes with practice. So, William, tell me, so when you're you're writing a, uh, you've written a few books, so when you're writing a mystery or a thriller, uh, how do you kind of determine which, who your characters are going to be, you know, how do you determine kind of the setting? I mean, is that kind of already in your head? Do you just have an idea? Are you kind of plotting this out? Are you researching? Uh, Tell us a little bit more about your process. Well, I tell you, sir, you're uh, absolutely right. Um, My uh, plots are developed uh, mentally. And um, I would take that and uh, develop where would this most likely occur and uh, do my uh, diligent research. For example, when I did um, Death Comes for the President, I had these two characters in Texas, uh, and I didn't know what to do with them. 
as I had been uh, dared to write a romance. Well, in all honesty, I never had a romance, a riveting romance, and I knew if I had attempted to write it, it, my readers would immediately know he doesn't know what he's talking about. And so I decided to separate the two. Um, the young man had graduated Harvard, and his affluent family decided to give him a trip to South America, where he meets this stunningly beautiful woman. He falls madly in love, proposes, but she tells him she cannot have uh, children, but she's amenable to a surrogate. This hardly mattered to him, as he was madly in love. So they did marry. They came back to Texas, and he had aspirations for local, uh, state, uh, government. And then he uh, aspired to be president of the United States. And uh, he ran and won. And that was the beginning of it. And I said, now you got to marry. What in God's name are you going to do with us? Mm -hmm. And so that is exactly how it developed. So uh, so tell us a little bit, you know, you, you talked about, you know, kind of your early influences, you know, Sir Conan, Conan Doyle and uh, Agatha Christie. You know, what what is it about their writing uh, that has kind of uh, influenced your writing? I mean, what are some things that you've kind of picked up or tricks or ideas that, that have kind of made it in, into your own kind of writing style or your, your way of approaching writing books? I really admired uh, Agatha Christie's uh, attention to detail. Hmm. I liked uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's uh, investigative techniques. But I didn't fully develop, uh, well, I can't say develop, uh, ad adopt those, because it would give the sleuth a supernatural approach to things. And I wanted the, uh, my detective to investigate and then arrive at a reasoned conclusion. Herman has works were more psychological and they were most riveting when you read it you are doing a self-examination and i found that very very uh interesting and that i incorporated agatha christie and herman hess most because when you're reading the, I mean, when you're writing, the uh, readers will say, you know what, I made this mistake. How can I best not do this? What can I learn from this? And it's not to be didactic, but entertaining. So uh, because you're writing uh, mysteries and thrillers, and obviously there's, you know, plot twists and there's, you know, the smoking guns and there's the red herrings and there's these, you know, twists and turns and whatnot. Uh, are you uh, outlining your whole book before you write it, or how are you working in kind of the the, the mystery elements and the, the twists and the turns? I am a very uh, relaxed uh, writer. I don't commence until the story has fully developed mentally. Then I plot it. And uh, 
I would outline it. And uh, what do I want to put in this chapter? Then I would devote uh, not so much, well, I do do detailed uh, research on setting and to make sure that my facts are accurate. And uh, I would weave these in the story as opposed to taking a chapter to give a geographical uh, depiction of the area and uh, to weave it in. And one of the techniques in writing is that uh, sentence structure, is that short sentences speed the reader up. Uh, complex compound sentences are used to uh, impart descriptions, and they must be accurate in all of this. I have spoken to some people who had... Uh, their areas have been profiled in movies. They enjoyed the movie. However, they stated that the writer did not get the uh, geographical area uh, correct. Uh, as a man, I have no idea how to dress a woman. So I, I contacted uh, Saks Fifth Avenue, and the lady to whom I had spoken gave me a detailed description of uh, how to uh, dress a woman. And uh, she was most helpful. And to my surprise, uh, Trump's daughter was wearing the same outfit that the lady had described and I had used in my book, Death Comes for the President. Hmm, that's funny. No, I, I think you're, you're onto something, especially with mysteries and thrillers. It, it seems, you know, the complaints I, I hear from, you know, other starting out writers is not getting details right. You know, like you said, geographical or, you know, if they're using a certain kind of gun or, you know, uh, police procedural procedurals that aren't really accurate or how they they kind of look at a crime scene, all those kinds of things. Um, are you are you getting into that that deep into the research when you're thinking about you know, there's a, a crime that goes down and then, a, you know, what would a police officer do? What would a, you know, a ambulance driver do? What would a doctor do, et cetera, et cetera? Um, are you getting into the, in that uh, amount of detail? You know, I love that question. Uh, when I was commuting uh, back and forth to the state of California's office, uh, I would uh, ride with police officers. And uh, it was one, I was telling him about psychological autopsy. And it came as a complete shock to him, although they do do it, but uh, they don't class it as such, is that to put together a person's life and the techniques used to do that. And it streamlines and it helps in the uh, resolution of who did it and why. And uh, it was one, uh, Jesse Kahn, who's now a lieutenant, uh, he read uh, A Murder in Our Midst. And um, the train was quite uh, crowded. And he says, Billy, I've read it. And I love your approach with the investigation. And I was exceedingly proud of that. So, so tell me, William, uh, is it difficult uh, for a aspiring writer or a current writer uh, to go and find, you know, sit down with a police officer or sit down with, uh, you know, a, a, 
public service person, whoever that may be for your novels. Is that, is that difficult to do if someone that's just off the street saying, Hey, I'm an author and I just, I want to make sure I get my facts right. Well, you know, uh, that's interesting. Also, uh, that is mostly done by actors who want to get a feel for police work and how they uh, approach it by uh, involving themselves in uh, drive-alongs. Uh, very few police officers uh, with whom I have come in contact uh, are not available per se for interviews to help you uh, with your uh, script, with your novel. Uh, I have made some... Uh, close uh, friends with the police, but I would not encroach uh, on them to uh, ask for guidance on how to investigate a crime. And uh, I wanted to be brush. I wanted to be that the reader would say, well, you know what, I would have uh, questioned the deceased uh, woman's husband. I would have uh, investigated the children. And then my approach would be, let's do a psychological uh, autopsy uh, from teenage years to the day she got married to the, uh, her demise. And, uh, and in so doing, in the detective's uh, investigation, the clue would be dropped what led to her untimely death. Interesting. So, uh, so William, so tell me, you know, how do you, this is a great conversation because I think you're helping a lot of, uh, especially mystery thriller writers, you know, when we're talking about detail, getting the details, right. How do you, as a writer ensure that you, you know, you're doing all this research, you're probably excited about the research and I'll look at the things I've learned and things I've seen and people I've talked to, uh, how do you make sure that you don't just dump all that information into the, the novel where we're just kind of weighing people down, uh, where it's just all detail or it's, or it's, we're obsessing over getting it right. Is there, is there kind of a, a, a trick or art of how to do that well with, without kind of the info information dump? Well, you, uh, you're on target with this is that should I use, uh, a poison as I did in, um, death comes for the president. I have a book on poisons. And for my purposes, I wanted to find something that was um, delayed, had a delayed uh, reaction. Hmm. And I did that for a specific reason. Uh, when I went to uh, my primary retreating position, um, it was when uh, I asked him during the examination, could he recommend a poison? And he says, well, Billy, who are you going to poison? And uh, I said, no one is for my book. And he understood that. Uh, and he couldn't come up with anything, especially during the examination. And it was lucky that I had the uh, book of poisons. And it served uh, most accurately. It was exactly what I needed. And it also gloved the motive. And that was fascinating. Hmm. You must do uh, research. You can't get around that. Mm -hmm. And like I said earlier, it's the uh, sentence structure, uh, the grammar. If you want to spree the reader up, you use simple sentences. 
And if you want to impart uh, descriptions, you use complex compound sentences, but you do it uh, very sparingly. Um, it's that he was poisoned, and it is a poison specifically used for this. Oh, goodness. Well, all we had to do is find someone who purchased it. Not so fast, comrade. <laughs> the entire community uses it. And then you start looking for the person who would have a reason, a motive, to buy this specific poison that would distinguish him from others who had purchased it. Well, that's really good. I, I like that. I, I, I think that th these are little things that I think a lot of writers that are listening to the show and part of our community is, you know, trying to find ways of, you know, they don't understand like, yeah, if, if you want to go fast, short sentences, if you want to slow it down, longer sentences, maybe get get into more of the detail. Uh, no, really good stuff. Uh, so, so William, tell me a little bit, let's dig a little bit deeper into your process. Uh, so I, I'd be interested to hear a little bit about you know, when you were writing your first novel, you know, what, what was the process like when you first started? I mean, did you have a process? Did you know where to begin? And then kind of how has your process kind of evolved over the years as you've written more books? The process was quite uh, arduous. And the reason for that, I didn't know what in the hell I was doing. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so you learn, you evolve as you write. Um, I'll never forget, I had written uh, A Murder in Our Midst and had submitted it to the publisher. Luckily, uh, the lady uh, had lived in California, and she uh, emailed me, and she also called me. She says, Lily, are you living in California? I said, yes, I am. She says, well, you should know that you can't get from this uh, place to the place you described on that freeway. Now, you could if you use this freeway. I said, change it, please. <laughs> but it was like knowing the geographical area and the description. And you do get better. It was one of my employees who had told me, he said, Mr. Turner, you have reviews for a murder in our midst. My heart had sunken, and um, with temerity, I accessed uh, Amazon.com, and there they were. And uh, surprisingly, all of them were favorable. Uh, one stated that the uh, sentences were jagged, like I was nervous, but I finally found my voice. And he liked the, I had settled down, I think those were his words. At any rate, uh, it was a learning uh, process. And should a reviewer write that it doesn't make sense, you don't take offense. You find out why it didn't make sense and strive to improve. Taking the uh, criticism and using it to your benefit. And you learn from those things. That's really good. Uh, so you mentioned uh, you do use, you know, if you're even doing a mental outline and then you actually do an actual outline 
so uh, tell me, you know, when you when you're working on a book project, uh, you know, are you setting uh, word count goals? Are you setting, you know, amount of pages per day? Do you have a deadline for your manuscripts to be done? Talk us through that a little bit. Well, the standard uh, number of words for uh, a chapter is 250. And it's like it's, you visualize stuffing a bag. Only so much you can put in a bag until you close it. But the key is this, to keep the reader reading, you connect the chapters. You drop something and the reader wants to know what was it? What else does he have to tell us? That's to keep them reading. And one of the compliments that I've received was that your work is not predictable because you take us on uh, a roller coaster. When we think we've solved it, you hit us with a twist. This. And then so you hit them with another. And that keeps them guessing until the very end. That's good. I like that. So, so you do, you, you, you said 250 word, uh, cha- uh chapters and do, right. you, do you have kind of a, a goal, like a weekly, monthly, yearly kind of how I want to write this amount of, you know, words or books or how, how do you think about that? Well, I'm trying not to put myself under that, uh, undue stress. Mm-hmm. Uh, I write when, uh, well, I live alone. My wife had died from cancer, mm-hmm. but it's like, um, when everything is done and completed, I commence writing so that I will not be distracted. And um, it's what I want to accomplish on a given day. Uh, for example, with the corpses beneath the tree, I want to make sure that my uh, readers know how my detectives get from one place to the other. They're in uh, England, and they're going to the seacoast. What mode of transportation they use. And uh, a description of the place, a life description. Like they uh, left the uh, train station, they went to the hotel. And he thought, the detective thought that he had recognized a friend. But he wanted to abort him as they were on holiday. But the friend uh, spied him, and so he turns around, and he walks over and greets him, and he notices that he's uh, a little bit upset. And he asks, what's troubling you? And he tells him about the bodies found beneath the tree. Excellent. It got the little, like, uh, Perot says, the uh, cells working. And... uh, he tells them about the poison. Oh, fine, just find the person who bought it, like I said earlier. Not so fast. It's a farming community, and everybody buys it. His curiosity was piqued. And so he gets involved in the investigation. And so they can, you take them step by step so that they would, uh, so it's cohesive, so that it is cogently told. And they can follow it. Well, I didn't see this coming. And then they go back. Oh, there it is. 
That's great. So, so William, tell me, uh, you know, you, you've kind of had these ups and downs. You, you, you know, started as a, as a young kid saying, Hey, oh, you don't have any style. You know, you started reading, you know, mysteries and Agatha Christie and, and learning and, and figuring out how to write. Uh, t- tell us a little bit kind of what you've learned uh, along the way. I mean, if there's some advice, some some truth you could share with with uh, our writing community, you know, what are some things you've learned kind of along the way just to, about writing and about the craft of writing? Like what, what's most important to you? Uh, knowing your genre and um, being once you've written it, have it reviewed. Uh, and if you can afford it, have it edited before you submit it to a publisher. And even if the publishers are advertising, for example, for romances, and you've written a romance, and you say, okay, here's a person that uh, would more than likely take me most seriously. You don't hear from them for a week, two weeks, three weeks, and you start to think that you have their attention, unaware that most of those people are getting published is highly subjective. It depends on how that person is feeling at that particular moment. They might be experiencing a, ma- a bad marriage, a bad relationship, the children might be aggravating, or whatever. And so you must bear in mind that if you do get an editor's attention, once they read and find a grammatical error, they will stop reading and you will be rejected. Because the day of them editing your work is over. So you must make sure that everything the grammar is perfect, and submit it confidently that it will be reviewed. And if you're rejected, you will not know if it was rejected uh, on your um, uh, on its merit or something else. But you move on. You don't become discouraged. There's a word that uh, I like to use. It's called uh, monkey, and it's. Uh, pronounced like you're from the uh, Caribbean, but it means frustrated ambitions. We saw that uh, with uh, Brandon. I could have been somebody. I could have been a contender. Well, you couldn't be these things if you didn't try. Mm -hmm. And if you fail, if you're rejected, don't take it as an affront. You just continue to try, Mm -hmm. and you meet with success. Mm -hmm. That's that's really good advice. I, I, I like what you just said there. And I also like what you said earlier about reviews. You know, if you get a bad review, you know, you learn from it and you move on and don't take it too personally. Uh, I think that's really helpful. I think there's so many writers that that's the thing that kind of takes them out of the game is, you know, a, f- a few bad reviews or rejection from a publisher or, or what have you. And, uh, but yeah, keep, keeping on. So yeah, thanks for sharing that William. Uh, so William, before we, uh, you know, end the interview, I'd love to hear just what are you working on right now? And then also where can people find you and find your books? Uh, my books can be found on, uh, amazon.com and, uh, I'm presently working on, uh, two, um, 
the corpses beneath the tree, which I'm about to finish, and the young assassin. This is uh, the young assassin. Uh, I particularly like it, uh, and it's motivating, because although it is dealing with the mafia, but the periphery of it, and um, for people to read it, to understand, what motivated him to see where he started and where he ended up. To give them pause, to cause them to pause. Be careful of what you tell your kids. Mm. A lot of people uh, who have children, they are confronted with uh, their children being bullied and their children being bullies. No matter how you cut it or dice it, you want to have a decent uh, child. But you would prefer for that child to be the bully as opposed to being the bullied. Coming home with black eyes, uh, lunch stolen, um, and all of these other things. But if you were, for example, uh, I'm drawing on my... Uh, parochial background, parent tells you, look, Billy, I do not want to receive any phone calls from those priests and nuns telling me that you have been misbehaving. I want you to do what you're told, when you're told, and as often as you're told. You digest that. And in so doing, you put up with bullying until you reach your breaking point. That's good. It sounds like a great, great book. Uh, so are, are those uh, those couple books, are those coming out in the next year or so? They'll be coming out very shortly uh, in tandem. Great. Well, hey, everyone, go check out William Turner's books. I'll have that all in the show notes. Uh, William, thank you so much for coming on the program and sharing your insights, your journey, your experience, your wisdom. It's going to help a lot of writers. So thanks for coming on. And thank you for the interview, sir. I enjoyed it. And I hope I am uh, able to help and inspire others. Well, my pleasure. Thank you so much. Well, there you have it. Prolific writer nation, William Turner, mystery and thriller writer. Go check out his books. Some really helpful insights into researching uh, what it takes to write. And I, I just love his, his story. It just seems like this is just a common key on the piano is a, a writer who, you know, was told, hey, I, you know, you're, you're not good with writing. Your, your, your stories are lame. You need to, to get back to work. And, and he took it seriously. And, and he did the work even as a young kid and, uh, and just stuck with it. And so I, I love the just tenacity of that. And, that. and I think in writing in any creative field or any thing in life really uh, is, is just to hang in there and to keep, keep plugging away, keep chipping away. And, uh, and hopefully you can took a lot of notes in this episode about researching uh, where to find people to, to interview, talk to, make sure you get our facts and our information right so we don't sound like a doofus. You don't want to sound like a doofus. Uh, so thanks, William, for coming on the show. And just a couple things before we wrap up this week's episode. 
One is if you'd like to leave a rating or review on iTunes, that would really help us out a lot. Um, I'll put that in the show notes. Kind of helps us get the get the word out about the show. Also, if you'd like to support the show, we have a Patreon page that supports our show, but also the other twenty or so shows on the Project Entertainment Network. And you can get some cool stuff. I'll put all that information in the sh- in the show notes. And I also mentioned the challenge, the outline your novel challenge on the prolificwriter.net. You can join us for a five day free challenge where I'm going to give you a little teaching, a little training, video training on how to outline your novel so you can get it out into the world. Love for you to be part of that. And then lastly, I have a really exciting thing. We have a, an ad sponsor today, or I should say a sponsor today from National University, and they have a MFA program. And it's a fully online program, no residency required. And, uh, and they specialize in genre fiction, uh, horror, sci-fi, fantasy, young adult. Um, you also could, if you're in the horror sci-fi, you can work with faculty like Lee Thomas and John Coyne. And their focus is on fiction, creative nonfiction, poetry, or screenwriting. So all kinds of screenwriting faculty, active Hollywood professionals. And uh, in National University Online, their MFA program, they've been around since 2005. And it's a great program. And you can join a ton of alumni and thousands of graduates to uh, take your writing to the next level. So if you're interested in pursuing an MFA program, National University is an accredited not-for-profit university. And I'll put the information in the show notes, nu.edu, and you can check that out. So thank you, National University, for supporting this show. And also go check out what they got to offer. And maybe that's a course or, excuse me, a program that you'd like to be, be part of. Well, hey, this is Ryan J. Pelton from The Prolific Writer, and it has been my pleasure to bring another episode to you. It's my pleasure to serve you and help you get your writing to the next level, helping you write fast, often, and well. And before I go, I just have one more thing, and that is go get those words on the page. And I'll talk to you real, real soon. Join us each Wednesday on the Mondo Method Podcast, brought to you by Project Entertainment Network. The Mondo Method Podcast features authors Armand Rosamilia and Chuck Buddha as they discuss the writing process from both the veteran and the novice perspectives. Each episode ends with a segment called Marketing Morsels, where expert publicist Aaron Sweet Almahari teaches everyone how to promote their work and sell more books. Check us out on the Mondo Method Podcast on Project Entertainment Network. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Project Entertainment Network. 